You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleaver.com. So growing up, before, before church would start, we'd always have Sunday school. And we grew up singing uh, some of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, anybody remember any songs you used to sing in, in Sunday school growing up? Shout them out. How Great Thou Art. That was a new one. Father Abraham. Zacchaeus. Okay. What else? I'm in the Lord's Army. I may never shoot thee. Yeah. What else? What else? B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. What else? Jesus loves me. This little light of mine. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, which I wasn't very good at because I can't spell. Any, <laughs> what? Be happy and you don't clap. You sang that in Sunday school? Did you say you're happy and you don't clap your hands? Oh, what'd you say? Oh, that one? Okay. All right. Y'all had clapping. I don't remember. I thought you were singing. If you're happy and you know it. I was like, that's not a Christian song. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I guess we can have joy in the Lord. The one I wanted to sing today is, uh, the one I want to sing today was, and some of you mentioned it, Zacchaeus, okay? Everybody remember the words of Zacchaeus? Y'all remember? All right, let's sing it together. Ready? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree, and the Lord he wanted to see. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for you're going to your house today. What did I mess up? I never sang it that way. You're wrong. Um, (laughs) Apparently, I had bad Sunday school teachers. I can't help it, okay? (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. They're not watching the live feed. Um, And so, this whole series, The Untouchables, is about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Now, what I wanted to name this series, they named it The Untouchables. We work with a, a preaching creative team. I wanted to name it Short Dudes Rule the World. Uh, they said that wasn't an acceptable title. I don't know what's wrong with it. Uh, but, you know, that, was, that, that, it, that one didn't read the cutting, leave the cutting room floor. But we're going through the story of Zacchaeus. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Luke chapter 19. We'll start in verse 1. Got a couple quick announcements. Number one, uh, right after service is growth track. If you smelt meatloaf as you were coming in, that's what we're eating. Glory. It's good meatloaf. Okay. Teresa made it handmade special for you. So if you'd like to be a member of Hope Church, that is going on right after service. You will be fed. Uh, and you can, you can find out what being a part of Hope Church is all about. And then tonight, tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, if you have any questions as to why we're going to three services, I'd love to answer your question. We're going to kind of have a what I call an open town hall meeting for the church. I'd love for you to be there. I'd love to answer your questions. I'm going to give you a little bit more statistics and, and, and reasons why we're doing it. Uh, and I'd love to share the, the vision and direction that God has for our church so I'd love to have you there. People are like, why would you drink coffee at six o'clock? My answer to you is why would you not drink coffee at six o'clock? I mean, I mean, glory. Well, then bring, then bring, there's some water. Okay. We'll have some water for you. All right. We'll have some water or, or maybe, I don't know, guess that has caffeine in it. We'll just have water for you. Okay. Does that sound good? You know why we're going to three services. So 
you got kids coming out your ears. Uh, so Luke 19, starting in verse 1. Here we go. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, the reason we pick the story of Zacchaeus is there's many different truths in this story. Now, we'll, we'll take it a little bite at a time. That's as far as we're going to get today. But what we have to understand about Zacchaeus is he was not necessarily the man that everyone loved. He was working for the Roman government. Basically, what he did is he was a Jew himself, and the Roman government hired him to tax his people and then give the money back to them. But he had to pay his own wage by what he taxed the people, meaning he would tax them over and above so that he would have money. Now, many of these tax collectors were greedy and would take more than they needed and were actually rich. In fact, the Bible tells you that he was rich. Let me spin that for us so we can understand how people would view Zacchaeus. It would be like Russia came and took over the United States and the Russians enlisted one of you to tax the people and you had to tax us, give the money back to Russia, and then you had to take a little bit off the top so that you could be wealthy. Do you think we would like those people? Probably not. In fact, they were some of the most despised people on the planet. But here's the thing. What we have to understand as the church is we are called to reach people. Throughout the, the history and throughout church, what I've been, we, we sit here and we tell all the people outside, you out there, come be in the church, be a part of the church. That would be like the farmer saying, go out to the wheat field. That'd be like the farmer walking out his front door, yelling at his wheat field saying, you wheat, cut yourself and get in the storehouse. Does that work that way? Any farmers in the house? I'm not a farmer. I'm a city boy. Does it work that way? Can you yell at the, at the wheat and say, hey, cut yourself, bail yourself, and get in the storehouse? No, it doesn't work that way. What do we have to do? We have to go out and tend to the field. So what it's our job as a Christian is we have to go out to the harvest field. And the harvest field that you've been planted in is right here in Kleberd, Texas today. So the story of Zacchaeus tells us so much about reaching the harvest. So today, the title of my message is, how do we see the whole harvest? How do we see the whole harvest? Because I would argue that we miss some of the harvest. Number one, we are missionaries to our area. Now, I love the denomination we're part of. We're part of the Assemblies of God. They've got one of the strongest missions organizations in all of the world. We have missionaries come from time to time, and next week we have a missions banquet, and money as a church all over the world. But here's the thing. Do you realize that you are called to be missionaries right here? When we go, when we, we talk about going over the overseas for mission trips and things like that, that's great. And that's all fine and dandy. But one day when we get to heaven, God is going to hold us accountable, not for the mission trips we took. He's going to hold us accountable for the harvest that it wasn't collected here in Cleburne. So in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he tells us what we need to do. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, does it say, go to church 
and watch them make disciples of all nations and watch them baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and watch them, help them, teach them to do all that I've commanded you. No, it doesn't say that. What does it say? It says you go therefore. It's an imperative statement. It's saying you need to go therefore and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Problem is we stop there. What does it say after that? And then teach them my ways. Teach them to do all that I've commanded you. So guys, what I'm saying to you today is if at the end of the service, someone's sitting next to you except Jesus and finds, and finds him today, accepts him as their Lord and Savior, whose job is it to disciple them? Yours. It's not mine. My job is to empower you to do the work. It's your job to do the work. And guys, what I'm saying to you is if we cannot reach our city for Jesus, what good are we to the kingdom of God? We have to do our part. We are missionaries called to this area and we have to reach them. Number two, we have to reach people we don't like. Let me say that one one more time because I don't think we get it. We have to reach people we don't like. Matthew 5, 46 through 48. Don't be mad at me. This is what Jesus said. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. What he's saying is, is, is you are called to reach those that you don't like. Guys, if you're a Republican, you're called to reach a Democrat. <gasps> no. If you're a Democrat, you're called to reach a Republican. Why is he saying these things? Okay. Republicans, there will be Democrats in heaven. <gasps> Democrats, there will be Republicans in heaven. <gasps> okay. You're called to reach people you don't like. Because here's the thing. You didn't deserve God's grace. He gave it to you anyway. So y'all have that one person that you can't stand when you're scrolling through Facebook and you see one of their posts, your blood just boils. You want to reach through the social media engine and just slap them upside the head. And you're like, you think you're just this holy person. There's, there's one that I see and I'm just like, and then the Lord goes, you're called to love them. I'm not going to say him or her because I don't want you to know. Uh, but, but you just want to reach through, you just want to reach through Facebook and, through, and give them a social media slap up the head, side of the head, right? But here's the thing. God has put that person on your heart for a reason. Satan is using it to build up bitterness between you two. But God wants to use you to reach them. Because the Bible tells us what? To pray for our what? Enemies. And pray for those that persecute you. So one of my quotes for today is, why do we get to decide who deserves the grace of God that we didn't deserve to begin with? Let that soak in just for a second. Why do we get to decide who deserves the grace of God when we didn't do anything to deserve it to begin with? We got to quit putting ourselves in the place of God and saying, these people don't deserve the love of Jesus. Because guys, I got news for you. Jesus died for everybody including the people that you don't like, including the people 
that drive you upside the wall and down the other. God has put you in their lives for a reason. It gets better, I hope. I told Teresa, I showed her the message. I go, I don't think anybody's coming back to church after this. It's going to be a good day. Number three. It's going to, I said it's going to get better. It really doesn't. We are called to be kingdom builders, not pew warmers. Now, we don't have pews. I get it. We have chairs. But that doesn't really have the same zing. I mean, let's be honest. We are called to be, oh, did you add seat? You added that between seat. Thanks, guys. Always. Media team always has my back. Y'all give them a hand. <laughs> These guys are the unsung heroes. They make us look good and never get any credit for it. Uh, but we are called to be kingdom builders, not pew warmers. Now, now listen. This is not a spectator sport. Doing church is not a spectator sport. We are called to be a part of the living organism of the body of Christ. Luke 18, 10 through 14 says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and one was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and said, God, I thank you that I'm not like these people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a 10th of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who are humble themselves will be exalted. Guys, what I'm saying to you is you live in the world of consumerism. We expect everything to be the way that we like it. If you go to a hotel room, you expect your sheets to be clean. If you go to Burger King, you expect to have it your way. Right? They put pickles on my burger, somebody's going to get fired. Right? Right, Mo? Pickles on my burger, somebody gets fired. I go to Chick-fil-A, I don't want pickles on my Chick-fil-A sandwich. Come on now. Come on now. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. I see that hand. I see that hand. But what I'm saying to you is this. You live in a world of consumerism, but church is the opposite. It's not about what the church can do for you. It's about what the ch- you can do for the church. Guys, we have to be a life-giving part of this body. Or we're nothing more than a leech. Taking things and back. See, I told you, nobody's going to come back after this week. I told you. Now, I, I suffer with, with back pain. I have back pain, and, and, and sometimes I just got to learn to take it easy and relax and let the back heal. But one thing I love to do is sit in a hot tub. Any hot tub fans in here? Yeah, you just sit and let the, let the bubbles on your back, and you're just like, mmm, yeah, right? And you just soak it in. You soak it in. Unfortunately, we like to do that with the Holy Spirit. We like to sit and just come in church and just go, holy, there is no one like you. Just soak it in. Mm. Then we leave and we don't do anything with it. But the point of being filled with the Holy Spirit is so we can be poured out. 
Guys, do y'all use sponges to clean? What happens with a sponge if you fill it up with water to clean and then you don't squeeze all the moisture out of it? What happens? It gets stinky, right? It stinks a little bit, right? So what I'm saying to you is if you get filled up with the Holy Spirit and you don't pour it out, you're nothing more than a stinky sponge. I'm being serious with you. Being serious. I think this is a quotable moment too. Media team for the win times two. This was not in the notes, okay? This just happened. Pastor Ethan said something about it in prayer time. And I was like, that's, that's a good analogy. I like that. So I stole it. Um, so guys, but, but think about this. I, I, know, I know we're kind of making fun, but what I'm saying is just in the same way a sponge gets, a sponge is super effective, but you have to squeeze all the water out of it for it to remain effective. Otherwise you can't ever get the stink out of it. So in the same way, guys, we have to be filled up and pour out and be continually used or we just get stanky good. Now my mind, so people on Facebook need to hear it. You get stanky and stagnant and it's no good. We have to be fresh. It's the same way in a pond. The water has to keep running through it. You have to remain fresh. So guys, what I'm saying to you is, is if you're missing the magic of church, if you're like, man, I just can't, I just, I just don't get it. What you're missing is being a part. When you serve, when you become a part of a vital member of this body, you get something that you never would able, be able to get just by sitting in a chair and soaking up the worship and the word. You get to be a part of lives changed. Guys, I'm sitting up here because there's people in the body of Christ that chose to see me as a young man and say, you know what? There's something there. I'm going to pour into this young man and see what God will do with him. I'm a product of that. How awesome would it be for you to sit there and go, I got to pour into someone's life. And now they are better followers of Christ because I just took the time to pour into them. Guys, that's, that's what I'm saying today. This, this is just very simple. I want to challenge you guys. In about six weeks, so September 8th, for the, men in the, for the men in the congregation, it's the first Sunday of NFL season. So I've just instantly, you know where we are, okay? I'm here for you guys too, all right? Because as soon as we get done with service, I'm going to be right in front of the TV. Cowboys are at 3 o'clock today, trust me. We'll get every service done in time for the Cowboys. On that day, we are going to ask you to bring your lost friends to church. And our hope, we're going we're gonna to present a message. I'm going to preach a very Jesus-centered message. And my hope is, is that your friends would get saved. And then from then on, it's your job to disciple them. I want to see you bring your friend. I want to see them get saved. And I want to see you baptize them. But we do this in a six, four, two way. Six weeks, four weeks, two weeks. We're six weeks out. So at six weeks out, you're called to pray. Pray, ask, ask the Lord, say, Lord, who is it in my life that needs Jesus? Who, who in my circle of friends do I need to pour into? Four weeks out. So you get two weeks to pray this week, next week. Four weeks out, you do what we call acts of kindness. What's an act of kindness? Bring your friend their favorite Starbucks drink. 
Like, man, Starbucks, that's expensive. So is $5 worth somebody not going to hell? I think so. Um, you'll get that when you get home. Uh, or, or do something nice for them. Mow, I've heard somebody even mow people's lawns. If it's your neighbor, mow their lawn. Ask them to come to church. And so that's six weeks, four weeks, you do acts of kindness. You don't ask yet. In two weeks, you ask. You say, hey, we've got this kickoff Sunday. On September 8th, we're going to wear our football jerseys. We're going to be giving away a prize. I'm, not, I'm working on the prize. I'll let you know hopefully the next couple weeks. We're working on a prize. And we're going to draw and somebody gets to win that prize. Wouldn't it be awesome if you came to church with me that day and you won the prize? And then we'll, we'll fix Jesus when we get there. And so guys, what I'm saying to you is this. Wouldn't it be awesome that day if your friend that you've been praying for came and accepted Jesus because you invited them? Would it be awesome if, the, if God added one more follower of Christ to the kingdom of heaven that day because of you? How awesome would that be? That's what this series is all about. We're gonna talk to you all about how to reach the harvest and how to reach the lost and be a vital part of the kingdom of God. So what does this mean for us? As we wrap up today, I've, I've got three questions for you. I wanna, I wanna challenge you throughout this week. Number one, have you shown God's love? Guys, I look around this world, especially with the, the shootings in El Paso, more shootings in Ohio this morning. I don't see a whole lot of love. You know, we need to pray for those families, but what I'm saying to you is, is that there's not a whole lot of love. Thomas Aquinas, a great Christian philosopher says, preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. You can show someone God just by the way you love on them. And you never have to say a word. And so when you finally, when you love on them, when you care for them, when you finally invite them to church, they want what you have because you live so much differently than they do. They want what you have. Be such a follower of Christ that is so filled up with the love of God that they want to be what you are. Number two, are you just being a soaker? And we talked about it. Are you just coming into this place just to soak up what God has for you? Guys, if all we do is just come in here and soak up the things of God, we're going to get real stinky real quick. Because if our view is only about us, there is no selfishness that operates well in the kingdom of God. God's kingdom is all about selflessness. There's nothing about Jesus that he tells you to care about yourself. He's always focused outward. And so guys, don't just come into this place and soak up all the things that God has for you. I want you to come into this place and be encouraged. We want you to be empowered. Why? So that you could go make a difference for the kingdom of God out there. Number three is the worship team comes back. Who needs Jesus today? Now, guys, I'm just talking. I'm talking to everybody in this place, and I'm talking about out there. Now, I'm under, I, I'm under no qualms that there are people in this place that need Jesus today. In fact, in the first service, I couldn't even finish my spiel. I invited up the prayer partners, and as soon as I invited up the prayer partners... 
there was a young lady that even as I was talking, ran up here and wanted to accept Jesus. And so what I'm saying to you is, I know that there's people in this place today that have never begun a relationship with God. A relationship with Jesus is not about coming to church. A relationship is not about reading the Bible. A relationship with Jesus is not about prayer. Those are a byproduct of a relationship with Jesus, but a relationship with Jesus is all about surrender. We're surrendering our hearts to him. Now, many of you have heard this story. If you've been with us a long time, when I was seven years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. My mom was putting me to bed. I was, she always said, had me say my prayers before I went to bed. And one night I just said to God, God, I want to give you my heart. And it was that simple. It was nothing more than that. Because a relationship with God begins with submission to him. It's not about saying the right prayer. It's not about doing the right things. It's about giving our hearts to Jesus and walking with him. So if you want to do that today, in just a minute, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. But before I do that, I want to talk to those that, that know Jesus. Guys, there's people in this place today that you've walked with Jesus a long time. My question for you is, have you ever led someone to the Lord? Some of you had and some of you haven't. I'm here to tell you to watch someone give their heart over to Jesus and their lives be changed by Jesus, that's addicting, man. There's no Netflix show that, that adds up to that. It's awesome. And so I want you to begin to ask God, God, who is the person in my life that I need to pray for, that I need to bring here on the kickoff Sunday? Who needs to be in this place to hear about you? And who do I need to disciple? Because here's the cool part, guys. Don't you want to baptize that friend? Don't you want them to get saved so that you can baptize them and see their lives change? How awesome would that be? And guys, we have baptism next Sunday. So what I'm saying to you today is if there's people in this place that need to accept Christ, I want you to have an opportunity to do that. 